Welcome to BIV Today. We're the daily business podcast from the Business in Vancouver newspaper and BIV.com. I'm Kirk LaPointe. I'm Haley Wooden. Our show today is dedicated to discussing the federal government's announcement that it will buy Kinder Morgan's Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion project for $4.5 billion. This includes related assets, but does not include the cost of building the pipeline, which government will oversee once the deal finalizes in August. Joining us for this discussion is BIV Resources reporter Nelson Bennett. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Do you have any uh, idea yet, Nelson, because it eludes me on exactly what the federal government is putting itself on the hook for here eventually? It's $4.5 billion today. Right. It's a $7.4 billion project that obviously they might be holding the bag for all the way through. There's indemnity if another company or entity takes it over that Ottawa will backstop. Yeah. Any idea what that could total? Well, I mean, if if they don't find someone to take it on uh, right away, it, it looks like the, you know the federal government could be on the hook for at least twelve billion dollars. So that's the four point five for, for the existing uh, Trans Mountain pipeline, and then the seven point four, at least seven point four, to build it. But they are hoping that some. I guess other investors or company will will buy in now. Steve Kane from the CEO of Kinder Morgan um, did say that they are going to try to find uh, another buyer by July twenty second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which seems a crazy. Deadline. They're they're seemingly working with the federal government for a little while yet to try to find this third party, and if they don't, I guess uh, Ottawa then acquires the talent pool. Um, creates some kind of crown corporation, which would need legislation, mm-hmm. I guess, and uh, and then carries on, carries on yeah. until another uh, another bidder is there. Right. I mean, I, I, apparently, as part of this acquisition, they are acquiring uh, Kinder Morgan Canada's entire management team, the people that were put together to build this thing. So. Uh, it's sort of like Kinder Morgan is still going to build it, but just the the title, you know, will be with Ottawa. Yeah, they're yeah. now all federal public servants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> and you and I will own a pipeline. That's right. There you go. Well, I want to ask you who might be in a position to buy it, because at one point the federal government was fairly confident someone would potentially come forward, mm-hmm. and they still seem fairly confident that someone will be there down the line to take this over when the market conditions are right. Well, I was speaking to some analysts yesterday about this and just trying to figure out who might, uh, you know, take on the twinning project. I don't think Enbridge is going to be, uh, interested, um, because they spent $500 million on the Northern Gateway project only to have it canceled by the Trudeau government. So I don't know how keen they would be. And Enbridge also acquired Spectra Energy. So that's another player that, uh, you know, I thought, uh, initially that you know, there's not that many big, top tier midstream companies that can do this sort of thing. Trans Canada certainly has the wherewithal, but they, I think they have their hands full with uh, the Keystone XL being resurrected. And there's the coastal gas link pipeline, which if uh, LNG Canada goes ahead, that they're, you know, they're, that's their project. Um, so I, I just don't know who else is out there. Now, maybe they'll, they'll put together some kind of consortium of partners. They, uh, Morneau mentioned, First Nations, yeah, pension uh, that, funds. First Nations was very intriguing, of course, because that would essentially put the project right back into um, a, a real, um, a bit of a stew, right? Mm-hmm. Where you've got still some opposition uh, within First Nations to it. And yet if, if a First Nation ownership mm-hmm. took over, that would be, well, <laughs> that, that would be 
politically quite delicious, I think, for the government to, <laughs> yes. to let that go like that. Yeah, and um, yeah, I guess there could there could be like a consortium of different players. There there may be some of the the oil industry uh, companies in Alberta that might become partners. Maybe Parkland uh, Fuels, which owns the refinery here in Burnaby. Who who knows? But I, I found it interesting. I was speaking to Brad Hayes from Petrol Robertson um, Consulting, their oil petroleum consulting firm, and he mentioned that. Uh, you know, a similar thing was done with the Hibernia project and that the Canadian government still owns 8.5% of that. And he says it, it makes them a lot of money. Yes. And also the current Trans Mountain Pipeline is a moneymaker. It, you know. It's- and so what I wonder about then is if it's a moneymaker, why do taxpayers then want to relinquish it? <laughs> right. Well, um, good question. Uh uh, you know, it sounds to me like what they're trying to do is do a temporary acquisition and then flip it. And um, I was musing out loud earlier that, who knows, maybe Kinder Morgan will buy it back <laughs> once it's been de-risked. I guess nothing precludes them from doing that, I mean, unless there's a, a clause in their deal that they, they can't yeah. get back in. But clearly, they would have out the other side of this with some certainty and clarity about construction. Right. Um, and then an, an implemented project, um, an opportunity to come back in. Because they're going to build it anyway, it sounds like. Their management team will be uh, doing the twinning project and it'll be, you know, held in title only, I guess, by by the federal government. So, um, yeah, I thought that was kind of an interesting thing. But, I, you know, we'll have to see the details if we ever see the details of the, the, the agreement. Yeah. And interestingly, now that it's, you know, a government-owned project, we might be able to file access information requests, <laughs> which we otherwise wouldn't be able to do yeah. with a private mm-hmm. Mind you, I think those will take years and years to yeah. process, probably longer than the construction of the yeah, project. Yeah, it might be probably. built by then, yeah. yeah. Because it's now going to be a federally owned project, Nelson, do you think that this means that there's more certainty it will move forward, or is there still enough uncertainty with some of the legal efforts that are ongoing. Yeah, I think it definitely adds some certainty to it. Uh, the federal government is is essentially, you know, uh, I, I was going to say flexing its muscle. It's more flexing its wallet. Uh, mm. But that that is a vote of confidence. Um, and uh, you know, if the if the federal government is putting its full will behind the project, I think it does add more certainty to it that it will go ahead. And they're talking about starting construction this week or yeah. resuming construction. Yeah, there's a very finite construction period for this. Yeah. And clearly, you can't afford to lose, say, a year no. out of it. It would be a, it would be pretty uh, catastrophic for the project. The political consequence for the Trudeau government is an interesting one to watch here because it's it's hard to see where anywhere in the country this is a winner mm-hmm. for Justin Trudeau, uh, there aren't really seats that are going to be picked up in Alberta over this. You know, it's not a province that will vote liberal terribly much. Mm-hmm. Um, and in BC, and particularly in Metro Vancouver, there's a right. lot of risk here. Right, right. Yes, good point. Um, and in Quebec, uh, Quebec has sided with BC on this. Uh, so I don't know what the prospects, how this is going to, what the fallout might be in Quebec either. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, I guess they drew a line in the sand. They said, we're going to get this done. Uh, so that, well, they almost uh, had no it, choice, right? I mean, it, it, the Trudeau government really had little choice with this, if any choice. Once it determined that this was a project that it wanted to support, it couldn't then back off because 
what would that do in terms of the investment climate in the country and also even for provinces that are expecting um, the federal government to to go ahead with projects in their interests mm-hmm. in the national in what would be perceived as a national interest the idea that a, that any one province could thwart a federally approved project just yeah. couldn't possibly be something that a liberal government could could endure right and i think they are alive to the this very real perception that you can't get things done in Canada anymore. And so I, I think they really are trying to wrestle with that perception because uh, from what I'm hearing, it is very real. There has been a, a real dramatic uh, uh, reduction in investment in, in Canada, especially in Alberta recently. And so I think they had to wrestle with that, that, pro, that perception um, that you just can't get things done in Canada. And so now they're saying, Hey, we support this and we're going to back it and it's going to be built. And so in a sense, that is a, a positive signal. But I think investors could also look at it this way, which is the regulatory and political environment in Canada is so dysfunctional that you can't get that a private company that is willing to sink billions of dollars into a project still can't get it done, even with the, the backing of the federal government, uh, without having the federal government actually taking a stake in it or, or nationalizing it. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know how far this is going to go to ameliorate that that perception that you can't get yeah. things done in Canada. And we'll have to see how it plays out. But do you think it sets a precedent in terms of the government coming to the rescue to some extent of well, a project like this? Well, like, like it's been pointed out that this is not the first time the federal government has sort of nationalized or, or taken a stake in a project. I mean, Justin Trudeau's father, uh, created petro uh, uh petro canada back mm-hmm. in the 70s so um and then you know the federal government was involved uh, as a stakeholder in the hibernia project so there is a precedent for that it's not the first time it's pretty I interesting guess. to see though the differences between the nep and this move uh today i mean we're not going to hear the albertans say let the western <laughs> uh, yeah, the freeze in the dark. Um, no, let BC freeze in the yeah, dark. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, what I wonder too about though is uh, for John Horgan, his own stakes in all this one. Um, he was sounding, I thought, um, not conciliatory, but he had a moderate tone to his voice uh, in the times I've heard him already speak today, which was, look, I actually think this is a slightly better situation for BC mm-hmm. in that I know the owner. Yeah, and, and I, I think and he said I, I have his phone number. I have yeah. his phone number. I can call him up, and I I can ask for things. I can get better marine right. safety provisions than even what the federal government has so far promised, um, and all that. Do you think that is there is part of his calculation a recognition that he needs to be able to have a uh, not a face saving measure, but something in place as a plan B if his court challenges are not sufficient to the task to stop the project? Because in a, in a way. It, he will be out of options at that point. Yes, and, and I think they've. They, I I can't remember whether whether it's Horgan or or if it was uh, Eby who said that you know if they fail at their uh, their court challenge that then they will you know basically accept that uh, yeah. decision. If you if so, you believe in the rule of law, yeah, then essentially when your court opportunities expire, you have to give that up. Now they could obviously try to appeal it, uh, go to the Supreme yeah. Court of Canada, yeah, but. I didn't. I haven't heard them say that. So, uh, 
I think John Horgan would actually be relieved to see this thing actually <laughs> go forward and get done. You know, he can stand up and say, look, I did everything I could. And he has, I yeah. think. Um, and, but at the end of the day, if it goes forward, there's hundreds, maybe thousands of jobs. Uh, that's, you know, good for the BC economy. And, um, you know, I, I can't see how that uh, is, is something that he would s say no to, uh, you know, having jobs. You know, he can, I think he can take the position that he did everything he could to resist it. But to be honest, I think he'd be relieved uh, if this was finally resolved. There is some relief to be had in a decision that's out of your hands, yes. right? If you put it to the court, then he can say he did everything. And that right. was his promise mm -hmm. to do everything in his power. And I listened to the the press conference earlier today, too, and he repeated many times encouraging people to do whatever's in their power within the rule of law. Right. Yeah. And he, he actually, I think, twice talked about the necessity for peaceful demonstration. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, peaceful is... Um, subjective depends right. on your perspective on what is a peaceful and not a peaceful demonstration but i don't think he wants to be the premier who is watching uh another clockwood sound mm -hmm. uh type of episode and yet um what you do here nelson is that uh there there will be uh, a very very serious and profound protest uh that will ensue if for some reason even the courts say mm -hmm. that this is a project that can proceed. Yeah, I mean, I think this will give the anti-pipeline activists even more, um, uh, I don't know, um, well, fuel to, mm. to, to protest the project. I mean, th that doesn't go away. It's just now maybe the federal government, which I guess is ultimately in charge of the RCMP, um, though it may be at the provincial level that it has to be deployed. I, I, don't, I don't know how that necessarily works, but someone is still going to have to you know, uh, arrest protesters and make sure that the work goes through. So um, I guess that's more in Ottawa's court now. Yeah. And when you take a look at today's, uh, today's move, um, because it is a pretty extraordinary day it is, uh, yeah. around all of this, uh, wherever you stand on this pipeline. Um, what do you think this does in terms of altering uh, public opinion because not everybody who would be in favor of the pipeline would be in favor of having taxpayers bear the pipeline's expense. Right. And even people that are in favor of the pipeline aren't necessarily in favor of, of tax dollars going into no. a project like this. Yeah. So does it, does it somehow, um, does it somehow split the pro pipeline cohort? Yeah, good question. I mean, I mean, I know, I know that some of the business leaders are not necessarily. I mean, they're 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 glad to see us that that there's going to be some movement on this and that the pipeline may get built. But there, a lot of them are really not happy with this idea that that we had to go to this extent that the federal government had to nationalize uh, a project when we had a company that was perfectly willing and capable of doing it. Was there some surprise? today about this course of action? I being think taken? so. I mean, I, I spent a good chunk of yesterday talking to analysts and insiders trying to get some sense of which way this could go. And, you know, one of the things was it, the federal government could have tried to, uh, you know, take on just the twinning project. But 
it is inextricably linked to the existing Trans Mountain Pipeline. You have to have the Westward Marine Terminal and you have to expand it. So there's just, I I couldn't see any way that they could uh, to do do this without buying out Trans Mountain. Um, Yeah, fully. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, Nelson, we really appreciate you coming on to walk us through this. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. And uh, it'd be uh, nice to... uh, to get this behind us uh, for a while. <laughs> when? 2028? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think yeah. it's That's only just yeah. starting. Yeah. And on that note, we're, of course, covering this story closely today. So you can head over to BIV.com for updates on the story. Thanks a lot for listening to BIV today. You can find more content on iTunes and Stitcher and at uh, BIV.com. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll be back tomorrow.